Welcome to the Act React podcast, where we explore improvisation through conversations with remarkable artists. I'm the host, Daniel Burkholder, a dance artist here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Today is a first for the podcast because it's the first time I've ever had two guests on at the same time. Jesse and Eleanor are both highly successful musicians and composers in their own rights, but also come together to form Big Dog, Little Dog, an improvisational duet. They describe their collaborative project as follows. Big Dog, Little Dog is the mind-melding duo project of violinist composer Jesse Montgomery and bassist songwriter Eleanor Oppenheim. Their music has been described many ways, but perhaps the most apt so far has been post-minimalist groove Americana. The pair use an improvisational composition technique that draws on many genres and their experience as native New Yorkers to create lush, cinematic soundscapes that are by turns sweeping and achingly intimate. And here is a, a bit more about each of them individually. Called Quietly Virtuosic by the New York Times, upright and electric bassist Eleanor Oppenheim is equal parts valued ensemble player and engaging soloist. Eleanor is at home in a wide range of musical idioms and has worked with a variety of different artisan groups, among them the Philip Glass Ensemble, Toyondai Braxton, the Wordless Music Orchestra, Shara Wooden of the My Brightest Diamond, Ensemble Single, Bryce Dresner of the National, Meredith Monk, Steve Wright, and Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead. Eleanor was a, bit, a Bang on the Can fellow and has released a solo album, Home. Jessie Montgomery is an acclaimed composer, violinist, and educator. She is the recipient of the Leonard Bernstein Award from the ASCAP Foundation, and her works are performed frequently around the world by leading musicians and ensembles. Her music interweaves classical music with elements of vernacular music, improvisation, language, and social justice. Her profoundly felt works have been described as turbulent, wildly colorful, and exploding with life by the Washington Post. Recent, recent commissions include works for the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra, the National Choral Society, and ASCAP Foundation. Jesse is also teaming up with composer violinist Janina Norpoth to reimagine Scott Joplin's opera Trimonisha, which is being produced by uh, Volcano Theater and co-commissioned by Washington Performing Arts, Stanford University, South Bank Center in London, National Arts Center in Ottawa, and the BAMP Center for the Arts. Additionally, the Philharmonic, Philharmonica Orchestra, Atlanta Symphony, Dallas Symphony, Minnesota Orchestra, and the San Francisco Symphony will all perform her works this season. I didn't know either Eleanor nor Jesse going into this conversation, um, but it was such a delight to, to get to know them, hear about their history, both individually and together, and then also individually and together, how improvisation informs their artistic practices. I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, so please enjoy. Well, Eleanor and Jesse, thank you so much for joining me on Act React. And um, I'm really excited to have both of you here. It's actually the first time I've ever had two people at the same time on the podcast. So, um, so I was very excited when I kind of first heard about the work the two of you to do that, that you do together, um, Big Dog, Little Dog, and, um, and just kind of, you know, and that I don't know you. 
You know, a lot of the people that I've had on either I know or like one degree removed, like they're a friend of a friend. And this is kind of, I, do, I mean, maybe we have some degrees of separation that we don't know about, but um, but it really is just, I just found out about you. So, and thank you for trusting to just to jump on this call with me. <laughs> sure. Improvisation is all about trust, right? That's, that's right. That's right. That's awesome. So uh, first I'll ask each of you to answer, I think, a question individually, and then we'll kind of um, bring and talk about your work together. So maybe, um, Eleanor, we can start with you. Um, I'm just curious about how improvisation kind of manifests itself in your work, in your life, in the things that you kind of manifest in the world? Um, well, I've been improvising since I was started playing music. Um, so it kind of finds its way into everything I do. And when I actually set out to write something like for real, I, I have to improvise it first. Like that's how I work. Um, so uh, in that respect, I'm never not in it. <laughs> um, and I'm also kind of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person sometimes. Uh, so a lot of aspects of my life can be improvised. Yeah. To the chagrin of those around me sometimes or sometimes not. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. So um, Jesse, I may be the same question. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Eleanor, I also have been kind of improvising ever since I started playing music and um, and um, really also, yeah, it sort of served as a, a bridge into composing when I was, you know, young and, you know, in high school around that point and, um, and have always sort of imagined that it would play a part in my musical life, you know, down the line, I, but I sort of never really knew how um you know which you know sort of casually again leaving leaving things to chance um to sort of manifest however was you know in it in its right mode but um yeah and um i've you know when I, I was lucky enough to grow up in new york like me and eleanor we both grew up in new york and had very similar which we'll get into probably a little bit but very similar um, upbringings with both of our parents being artists uh performers um and uh sort of bridging between like uh, jazz and avant-garde performance art and things like that. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, we, I think both of us probably found ourselves in some scenarios around high school, like doing these sort of like out, like total live improv concerts and stuff like that that were going on back uh, in like late eighties and nineties and yeah. early nineties. And um, so, yeah, so like some of that in there and then just, yeah. And then Eleanor, me and Eleanor doing this project yeah. um, has been the most consistent kind of improv kind of based practice that um, that I've had been in. Um, yeah. yeah, my career. So, so maybe yeah, let's let's talk about that. Like, how did the two of you decide to start collaborating and working together on this project? How did that happen? <laughs> It was accidental. Well, yeah. it, was on, it was accidentally on purpose. Accidental on purpose, yeah. There you go. We, um, we went to college together. Jesse and I met college. Even okay. though we had parallel lives, we didn't know each other until then. Yeah. Um, 
and we we were playing together in college because mm-hmm. you know, that's what you do orchestra and yeah, yeah. that's st- reading chamber music and right. stuff like that um we went to like a very uh we went to a conservatory so like most of what we were doing was very like one track classical maybe can, I, orchestra can I ask where you went yeah we went to Juilliard okay yeah. so it's like very it was very like in the yeah. box. by the book <laughs> yeah and by yeah. the book um, which neither of us ever were um so <laughs> we bonded over that yeah um but yeah we, we had always played together and we always kind of were like hey we should maybe do something and then right farted around for god knows how long and then jesse like almost 10 years yeah <laughs> jesse tells the next part of it better really i don't know <laughs> do i Maybe. what is the next part oh uh, yeah we started big dog little dog right yes okay yeah well okay yeah i mean i guess this was what i mean yeah it was like we we, we went through our undergrad and then we went our se- kind of separate ways ish for a while kind of doing doing very degree other far, farther degrees and things like that and professional tours and stuff and um yeah and then like what was it 2017 or something like that we yeah whatever decided was like doing we my- started you were doing your dma yeah and she wanted to um do her recite one of her recitals you did do like i guess like an ungodly amount of recitals in order to yes. get through the year last year and so one of them we decided we'd do together um she she invited me to do a duo concert so on that we did like actually some really hard crazy stuff that Eleanor ended up transcribing like these crazy cello parts for like the Kodai duo and um the Glier duo of duos for violin and cello and things like that so we played this kind of like really hard <laughs> like cla- kind of classically heavy concert together and we were like you know because that, that was again where we kind of came from together where we met you know was that conservatory and all that anyway so then from that experience we were like well we should like do the thing we've been wanting to do this whole time which is like just make this you know improvise together you know I think we were both were like at one point it was like I think making music with Eleanor is just going to be really fun like that was my thought and I think you <laughs> maybe had a similar but not the music that we were making at that moment no yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let's never yeah. do this again. Yeah, exactly. But let's yeah. do other stuff instead that we actually right. Wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so then at that point we were like, um, let's do the really commit to this, and we did a residency at Avlock Farm, um, upstate up in uh, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and uh, we had five days, and we wrote like a whole album in five days. It was like sort sort of like this thing must have just you know it was percolating all uh, over all that time and. As soon as we got to working on it, we just like had such a great time and wrote pretty much every, um, almost every song on our first album um, that just over the course of like six days or something like that. Yeah. And then the other, the other two we wrote as we yeah. were recording them. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, that's right. Nice, nice. So yeah, so maybe we can like dig in a little bit like, so now that the two of you have this ongoing project and you're working together and um, what is that, I'm also really interested in collaboration and how that process works. And, um, and I know a lot of times, especially with two people, it's a, it's sometimes hard to define it, but I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about what your working process is. Like when you're collaborating with one another, what is that if like I'm sitting in the corner watching, what does that process look like for the two of you? Eleanor, please. Okay. 
<laughs> so our approach has always been like not it's not so much about premeditation it's it's really like we get in in the room if you're in the corner of the room you're going to see us walk in take out our instruments and just just start playing just start playing yeah um and then we kind of like polish the polish the turd later is what i call it um we craft it <laughs> later on you can edit that out if it's offensive for your audience <laughs> no, that's fine um but yeah and there's there's a lot of like laughing and talking and joking in between in between yeah you know, yeah if you hear our our recording well well one thing is that we we always record everything so that like you know in the middle of this banter and going back and forth like if there's a stroke of, of genius that happens then we can actually we've captured it and we can actually go back and listen and, and try to reincorporate it yeah. um but it is a lot of like talking and joking and you know it's kind of like our i mean it's really like fun it's like i i you know it's serious because we're trying to create something but um we we try to have I know, but I mean, you know, there's a goal, but yes. like it does, it, it, we, it's like, play, you know, fun time. It's like, you know, I get to go to Eleanor's house and we get to play music together. Like, you know, like kids kind of, it's cute. I'm not, I'm getting, I'm not, you know, it's, it's it is, really fun. Totally, yeah. <laughs> it's like you get to go and, to your friend's house when you're, exactly, it's that right. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but like, yeah. So we, yeah, we, we throw ideas out and they really um, kind of, and, and, and there's like not a lot of commitment at first. I mean, we're kind of throwing it out and like making sure, you know, I think, you know, we kind of have the intention that it's gonna evolve, like continue to evolve until we're both like happy with it. And um, so we sort of, yeah, we go through this process of um, playing through ideas, finding out how we're gonna layer them um, <clears throat> and then deciding sort of form. Like we, we, we jump right into form like pretty right. early on like because um you know that just helps shape everything um but like this last time we got together instead of like going from beginning like beginning to end sometimes we'll start from beginning to end sometimes we'll be like okay these three sections are next to each other but we don't know whether where they are in the piece um this last session we were we had last weekend we we decided we'd start from the back and we knew we knew how it was going to end and we'd go from the back and sort of rebuild it from from the back the form um yeah and just you know it's it's very sort of like motivic based and like maybe I don't know Eleanor we're gonna I don't want to dissect the actual music itself music itself but I mean it is like it's like we throw out like these sort of small-ish gestures at each other and say like how are we going to shape this and mm -hmm. make this into a longer thing or elaborate on this and um without really deciding pitch or you know it's very much about shape shapes shaping and, and contour like, when we once we have a thing um every time we perform it there's usually some aspects of it that are improvised too mm -hmm. so the yeah. improvisation is built is baked into the compositional process but it's also part of the performance process Mm -hmm. so it's usually yeah. like jesse said we have these like ideas right in these sections and then the connective tissue is usually what is what's improvised improvised interesting yeah because that uh, that was great that was one of my questions because i'm always cu curious about like when you think of developing a score that has improvisation embedded in it or it's improvisationally the whole thing is improvisation like how much do you know 
going into either a performance or recording like like it sounds like you know a like these kind of motifs or gestures as you say or the in the arc and stuff like that but there's a lot of the meat that is continually evolving is that yeah I would say it's like a it's like the way in which we engage with the timing of each of those ideas that's the thing that sort of is the music and is the spontaneity it's like we'll decide like how many gestures of this thing you know it might they might occur more times in one version than in the next we may build differently before moving on and things like that those are the things that we can kind of shape in the moment yeah. and then we also have like solos like yeah in in certain tunes like one of us will have a time where you can just kind of go off and and mm -hmm. do a little something on your own right almost like a jazz like a jazz framework so right. it's like you have your head which is your the main the main meat of your song mm -hmm. and then you have a section that's improvised over sometimes it's the mm -hmm. whole thing that's improvised over but like it there are there are recognizable sections to everything mm -hmm. but but sometimes one of us will have like a section that's set that's that says you're going to improvise here for mm -hmm. example yeah yeah, so I'm curious, like, as, you, as you're talking, like, the question that comes to mind is, you know, you talked about your kind of more, like, straightforward classical training, right? And you talked about being younger, these avant-garde experiences and performance art and growing up in city and stuff like that. And, um, and then also referencing jazz, like, those, those were like, there's a lot of influences there in terms of what's coming in. And, um, maybe just talking a little bit about how you, I know sometimes this is a hard question to answer, but like what are the influences or how do you imagine these different influences manifesting itself in your work? Do you, do you think about it that way or is it more, is it less defined or do you like not even want to answer my question? <laughs> <laughs> You gave us so many options. I know. Well, you know, it's an, it's yeah, a more open score, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, you want to start in on this one? Well, okay. For me, I would say like um just the fact that we're doing it at all has a lot to do with all those like never mind the stylistic implications of all those influences and stuff, but like the actual sort of want to create our own thing together. Um, I think very much influenced by that, like a sort of like world of performance and uh, improvisation and um, yeah, just like, um, and created creativity, you know, like newness, new, new stuff. And, and just feeling like we have, yeah, something that's ours, you know, um, I think that's, you know, that's just like sort of lifestyle wise, like something that, you know, I think we we're both sort of drawn to. Yeah. Um, and then, but like, yeah, I mean, like when it comes to the musical influences, it's, I, I try not, like, I try not to sort of like try to pinpoint any specific leanings in terms of all those influences. And like, especially as we're entering the, like our process, like sort of really try actually leaving that stuff at the door in a way mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, we are, you know, that the sin, like we're sort of trusting in the synergy to just sort of like do its thing, you know, within the process of our 
creating these pieces. And um, so, yeah, that's sort of how I, that's how I think about it. Um, it. Yeah, and like, certainly like being around the free jazz scene and, and stuff like has a major influence on, I think that's sort of real, real spontaneous, spontaneous like aspect of our, when, when we're writing the pieces. Mm-hmm. you know and being able to like let things kind of fly if they need to and yeah. um i think that's kind of like the hard thing for me actually like i feel like we, I, i'm always trying to like make sure i'm uh, doing that like letting things <laughs> letting things go because i think i probably attach to things a little bit more than eleanor sometimes hmm. i think everyone attaches to yeah. things. i think it's unavoidable right. but i agree with jesse sure. that it's mostly the ethos of these different kinds of like performance genres or traditions that that we kind of refer to rather than like the actual content Mm -hmm. Um, or we try not to think of we don't it's not that you try not to think about it's just that we're not it's not even a concern yeah because we have both of us these like sonic palettes that are that are drawn from all these different genres and they're just a thing that you don't even think about it's just in the back of your brain yeah and then it kind of like osmosis into whatever it is that you're doing um it's passive <laughs> passive diffusion into whatever it is <laughs> you're doing yeah i mean it's 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 not calling on something specific but it's all there right i mean yeah, I, you right. know as a as a dancer of course i've studied like ballet and modern and tap and jazz and hip-hop and all these other things that i've done along the way and um, and the same thing for me when I'm making work, it probably falls into like a contemporary, postmodern contemporary framework, but I don't think of it like, oh, I'm making this kind of work. I'm just making a dance. Mm-hmm. And like all of these influences of my history are manifesting itself. Right. You right. Know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. I'd love mm-hmm. to um, talk a little bit about the album because um, I've been listening to it and I've been super enjoying it. And um, I guess, you know, reading a little blurb like you have on the website for it is is really compelling about um, going up to Jesse's family's farm. Eleanor's family's farm. Oh, yeah. Eleanor's farm. Oh, I switched <laughs> yeah. it in my mind. Oh, no, that's really okay. interesting. I, when I read it, somehow mm-hmm. I, I thought it was Eleanor's family farm. And um, so I guess maybe... And I, I think you kind of referred to it a little bit earlier, but could you just talk about like, again, again, I love to hear about the process and like the details of the process of like going up to the farm and and what that was like being there making this music together on this in this house on this land. So there were actually two different um, locations that we that we wrote the album where we, where we wrote it. And also the second location was also where we recorded it. So we wrote most of it at, um, it is a farm. It's called Avalok Farm uh, Music Institute. I'm totally Mm -hmm. butchering that, but something like that. Um, It is a, it's a residency program. So we went and did a, like a week long residency there. And it's this beautiful farm in New Hampshire. And um, it's just being at a residency is just great. Because you literally (laughs) don't have to think about anything except for. Yeah. It's amazing doing what you're doing and they do a great job there they do an amazing job there yeah um and it's yeah so we we didn't know what it was going to be at all and we just started 
we didn't even talk about our process because we didn't know what we were going to do. We just went in a room and mm -hmm. automatically did what we do now. We were right. like, let's turn on a recorder mm -hmm. and let's just see what happens. Yeah. And just record yeah. everything. And we just, that was like how our, our, our process and our music were like born at the same time. What was the first song that we wrote? I was believe it, it was Panorama. Panorama, that's right. Pretty sure it was Panorama. Yep. And then Woods. And Woods, yeah. Um, and then we had almost an entire album's worth of stuff. And we were thinking about where we might want to record this album. And my grandmother's house, uh, which is in the woods in Pennsylvania, uh, my grandmother had just moved in with my parents and so her house was empty more or less and I have like a, a big emotional connection to that house and it's also an amazing structure like physically it sounds incredible in there it's all it's angles and wood and it's just like it sounds great and it just kind of resonated and I was like, why don't we literally resonated? <laughs> like, what are we trying doing it in there? So we actually hired, we got our friend who's a, an audio engineer to just come out there and like basically live with us in the woods for like a bunch of days. Yeah. And that's how we made the album. And we, we needed a little more material. And Jesse and I went out there before we recorded and just kind of got our inspiration from being out there. And that's where we wrote the remainder i think cypher and um and ultraviolet ultraviolet mm. oh no blue hour and blue hour yeah all three of those yeah. all three of those were from that house yeah so you know mm -hmm. in the same way that like all these different genres permeate the music the surroundings do too so that was part of what we were going for with this, this album yeah, I really love the sense of place within it. I mean, the, the you know, you have the field recordings or the the ambient recordings added in, but also even just within the, within the music, it feels um, like there's I don't know, like listening to it, I was like, oh, there's a little spaciousness, there's a little warmth, there's a little something that feels like there's this is really in a place. It's not like just in a studio, but it's some place that has meaning and I don't know if like I impose that from reading but I just I just had that sense of listening to it and I it was really quite tangible for me I, I mean actually we sort of got to sort of relive that a little bit with a live performance that we did last summer uh in June at the women's Compo uh, women composers festival in Maryland yeah. um where it was the cicada season and remember this last year? Um, and so they were crazy up in that area. Yeah. Um, and so we sort of like, you know, we decided, and it was, they were so loud, like it was, you know, and the concert was outdoors. And so um, they were definitely gonna play a part in the piece no matter what. So I, you know, that was a sort of, that was a moment where we sort of like realized, I think, you know, reconfirmed like sort of how adaptable these pieces are and sort of like how, you know, they, they we really could connect with our surroundings in a way and the timing of the cicadas and the sort of um, interaction between nature and the music. And we, we sort of took advantage of that in that moment. Um, and that was really, I, I felt that that was like very like spiritual <laughs> moment for me because we were like, you know, we hadn't played a concert in however long. And then uh, anyway, so there was just a lot of good, 
thing you know vibes to sort of make it make it what it was but yeah that was like a, a for me like a moment realizing like, this music really is like we've created something here that's very um i don't know what the word ad adaptable i don't know flexible living living right I, I assume your experience would have been very different if you were trying to play those pieces you played during eleanor's concerts she had to do at school that really hard <laughs> Stuff you're talking about and trying to like yeah. block yeah. out the cicadas or whatever. Story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something so lovely about, you know, when you have that adaptability, that kind of flexibility, especially when it's your own work and to be able to really hear the space that you're in or the place that you're in and allow it to be a part of what you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. in, in dance improvisation, we talk a lot about like, the fundamental thing about it is about space. Mm -hmm. You're where you are in the space, how far, you know, your kind of proximity to other people, to the audience, like space is a really important thing. So architecture becomes a really important thing. And so you're always playing paying attention to the kind of space that you're in that informs deeply what you're doing. So the idea of space or place um, seems so it just seems like not only fundamental, but so deeply respectful of the moment um, that you're making this work in, you know? So, and I, I wonder, so I actually just really jumping back for a second about um, Eleanor being at your, your family's property to record this. It sounds like it was a um, really meaningful experience for you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, that was the last thing that we did in that house was mm. this album. <laughs> So I wanted, to, I want, you know, that's how, that's how I thought about it. It was like, well, we gotta, we gotta do something, make this special in some way. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, yeah. So just, I, we don't have a lot, I don't want to spend a lot of more time or take up too much more of your time, but I, I'm curious, you, you kind of mentioned, um, you know, both of you saying that you are improvising from a really young age and, and, um, Jesse, I did see on your website, the creative ability development method, which mm -hmm. I'm kind of like super curious about. Um, sure. And so maybe if you could talk about that for just yeah. a moment, and then Eleanor, you too also talk about, I have a 14 year old, old, old daughter and she's a viola player and um, she does not have this experience <laughs> of yeah. improvising, you know? I mean, it's just through school and whatever, but um, so I'm curious about both of your experiences growing up with that. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so my my teacher, uh, my violin teacher happened to be um, developing this method, the creative ability development method that she called it. Um, it was based a lot on um, Suzuki, the Suzuki method, like practices of like repetition and, um, and like playing call and response. Um, and so, yeah, and she sort of crafted these exercises for, for students. So translated really well for her violin students who were also studying like out of the book and then, right. Um, right. So um, yeah, so we were, and so it was just more of a, it was, there, there were exercises in, you know, freeing up the, the, the student on their instrument so that they didn't, you know, cause you spend so much time trying to figure out what position to put your fingers in, but then with these exercises that were very um, sort of modal, mod, modal based, mm -hmm. um, uh, the students then could like solidify their scales and um, with these like, you know, fun, like open-ended, um, again, form was like ex extremely important, but like um, 
the, the actual like expectations were like really open. Um, so yeah, so that was, that, that was that experience. And then there was also, yeah, the like, you know, randomly playing in like my parents show, like, right. you know, imp- like, can you play a little something along with this Michael Jackson track or something like, just like, come on, play your violin, play your violin, you know, like whatever, whatever, not Michael Jackson, but actually I feel like that happened. I don't know, but, um, oh, so or it would be possible that it could have, um, yeah, and um, just that kind of thing, you know. So again, it was like a couple different influences, but as far as like, yeah, pedagogically, like my my teacher was giving those kinds of lessons, and I really, I mean, I, I, yeah, I really think it's it's an important important thing to incorporate um, and just like reincorporate because I mean, I think we sort of like um, I think music education has gone in this direction where like we sort of dismiss improvisation as like a valuable tool um whereas it's an essential part of actually being a well-rounded musician is to be able to pick a pick out a key and and understand sort of like where you are in it um as a like that's super basic but you know um these kind of things so um anyway so i just yeah that 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 was a lucky thing but anyway i'm seeing i'm seeing a lot more you know there's a lot more sort of like um teachers out there that are trying to figure out ways to incorporate um more improvisation in their studios and stuff so it's great slowly yeah i I agree that we have to teach improvisation yeah it has to be it has to be have equal weight in, in whatever you're teaching and one of the reasons for that is that we have all this jargony buzzword stuff in education about resilience right Mm -hmm. everyone's trying to create resiliency it's like the new buzzword well guess Mm -hmm. what creates resiliency (laughs) totally putting yourself out there in front of a lot of other people probably (laughs) failing and then picking yourself up and doing it again there's no better way to create resiliency than to teach people how to improvise it makes you totally vulnerable in front of other people and and therefore it makes you a better more adaptable human and it teaches Mm -hmm. creative problem solving which Mm -hmm. is I don't care what you want to do later on in life. Everyone needs to have that skill. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally agree. You've got to teach it. Um, I don't think I had any formal teaching in it until much later, but my parents are both jazz musicians. So it was kind of around right. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just would like sing at each other from all different rooms in the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom is like a really, she was a really embarrassing mom because she would always do like weird stuff in public and like, would yep. do this call and response thingy where like she would sing a phrase and then she would expect me to do it or she also <laughs> likes to dance so she would always be like dancing in public anyway um yeah i think you gotta you have to create that environment from an early age and one of the things that like suzuki suzuki has a lot of stuff right um mm-hmm. and like one of the things that suzuki really fosters in a young person is trusting your ear Mm. which is like a really big part of improvisation so it's the next natural extension to take suzuki and then kind of use that as a springboard to teach mm-hmm. improvisation in a more formalized way which is what mm-hmm. um, her teacher I yeah. Think, was doing. yeah right right yeah right that's really great that's really great. I, you know, with my with my daughter, I'm like, you understand, I'm a dancer, I'm a performer. I don't get embarrassed either, but I have so many tools to embarrass you. So yeah. let's let, let's not make me pull those out right now. <laughs> She's like, I know, Dad, I know. 
Cool. Well, I, I guess just to finish up, what you know, do you all have anything coming up? Any performances or any plans to make some more recorded music or kind of what's? I mean, I know we're in this weird place. Um, in the world. I was actually supposed to be in New York in January for a collaboration I'm doing with the choreographer there and that got canceled, of course. Um, but um, just curious, like, what do you all have coming up either to, together or individually? That'd be great to hear. Well, Jesse has a million well, things individually. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, well, okay. Well, performance wise, um, really it's, um, well, for us, you know, for Big Dog, Little Dog, we have some, uh, a double bill in April, hopefully still, <laughs> um, with um, our friends from Public Quartet, um, yep. wonderful string quartet. So we're doing a double bill with them um, in April. That's like our next next like official like performance date. Um, I um, individually, I'm, I'm working on a lot of composition projects basically right now. Um, and um, yeah, in, in including a, yeah, a piece for Dallas Symphony and um, um, and a piano concerto. Um, those are the sort of like main big ones that are happening this spring. Um, yeah, and so, but then performance-wise stuff that's going on with Eleanor in April. And then also we have a, another ensemble that, um, you know, we'll probably get together again this spring called Everything Band, which is uh, a band that I put together that um, is also improv improvisation based, but, um, with even more sort of formal structures thrown in ahead of time. Um, it's sort of like a composition slash improvisation project for me, you know, and all my friends. <laughs> so, and Eleanor plays bass in that. So we'll, we'll get together at some point this spring. Great. Yeah, um, I have like a few other projects that I do stuff yeah. with um, and we have some things coming up with that. And then Jesse and I have, um, there's a film project with a, a British, um, filmmaker who's using some of our music um, and I think is Pam Tanowitz still doing something to Pam yeah she's still that's she's ongoing touring, she's touring that thing mm -hmm. yeah sorry so we yeah. had, we did a we did a choreography project um, yeah. and there's a there's like a film of it I'm not sure what they're doing with that but mm -hmm. um, there's a supposedly a tour of this piece that we did with her um, great and then with Pam, Pam Tanowitz. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, like Big Dog, Little Dog wise, we're just in a writing mode right now. Um, mm -hmm. And we're trying to be consistent about that and mm -hmm. thinking about a residency again and working up enough material for maybe a second. Great. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Um, it was really great to hear about your process and kind of your history a little bit and how you think about these things. Um, you know, on this podcast, I try to bring in artists from lots of different kind of genres that approach improvisation. And um, it's easy for me to find dancers. I know lots of dancers who improvise. So finding musicians and um, other artists, uh, like a comedy improv guy and, and stuff like that on, like just to hear. And it's like, there's all these places where what we do improvisationally like cross, even though they manifest really differently, but the, the but so many of the ideas kind of um, layer or connect with one another. So I, I appreciate you adding your voices to to the this little discussion that I'm ongoing discussion that I'm having around cool. improvisation. Wonderful. Thanks for having us, Daniel. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Great. Yeah. All right. You all have a great day. You too. You too. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to my conversation with Eleanor Oppenheim and Jesse Montgomery. Please check out the show notes to find links for all that they do out in the world. They're both so busy and doing so many wonderful things. So please, please check out the links. As always, if you have not, please subscribe to Act React. You can find us on YouTube, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbeam, even on Vimeo. So all over the place, just subscribe um, and support the podcast. I hope you're able to list me for the next episode. A couple more coming up pretty soon. So until then, take care, be well, and live spontaneously. <laughs>